Hello, guys. Um, cool. So welcome, everybody, to today's seminar. If you guys don't know or you've got a friend that did not know that this seminar is going to be all about how we navigate a world powered by money, then text them right now and tell them to come because we want to get as many people here as possible to hear this message. Um, it's going to be a really good seminar. It's going to be a bit different today. We're going to have an interview um, with four different people from different walks of life, and we're going to have a text line. Um, and yeah, we'll be taking your questions and we'll ask our panelists so keep your eyes and your ears open if you're just coming in now there is a bit of space down here at the front um, and if those of you at the back have got space in front of you just shuffle forward so we can get as many people in as possible so are you guys ready yeah. you don't sound ready at all are you guys ready yeah. yeah okay come on right let's give our host our proper host governor b a welcome to the stage How's everyone doing? You feeling good? Yeah. Cool, man. Thanks for coming to our seminar. Um, quick question. Does anyone here have hay fever? Cool. Um, anyone need antihistamines or tablets or anything like this? Cool, man. I had to buy some this morning at Sainsbury's and the only one they had was a 60 pack and I only needed a few. So if anyone needs antihistamines, come see me after and I'll sort you out. Um... <laughs> It's kind of like dealing drugs at New Day, which isn't really the right thing to do. Um, but yeah, come see me for some antihistamines. Um, has anyone seen them Prada trainers that people sometimes have in school? They had them when I was at school. They got like a couple of straps. Anyone know what trainers I'm talking about? Cool, man. Put your hands up if you think that those trainers actually look good. One person. Put your hands up if you feel like they're dead. Cool. A lot of people, man. But for some reason, everyone has them at school. And my argument was always that if it had like a high-tech logo on it, no one would really care. No one would really buy them. Do you agree or do you not? Yeah. Put your hands up if you agree. Cool, man. So I, I want to ask a few questions now. Hopefully you guys can, can see the screens. Oh, yeah, as Emma said, if you've got any questions about the seminar, want anything answered, just text that number. If you text anything rude, what we'll do is we'll call the number. If your phone rings, it's peak for you. And no one wants that, yeah? <laughs> Cool. Um, so this little section is called wavy or waste, right? Wavy means it's good. You lot would buy it. Waste means, nah, leave it. Dead, right? So, uh, yeah, let's go to the first um, screen. So, yeah, click it again. And uh, next one. Cool. So the Yeezy 500s. Put your hands up if you think they're wavy. Mm. Put your hands up if you think they're waste. Wow. Put your hands up if you've got someone right now. All right, that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, next, this Gucci t-shirt, right? Put your hands up if you think it's wavy. Put your hands up if you think it's a bit waste. Raw, bare people. Put your hands up if you've got one on now from Primark. <laughs> All right, next. Um, this man bag that everyone's starting to put over their, their shoulder the bum bag couple people got them in today put your hands up if you think the man bag is wavy all the man them are like yeah blood yeah 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 put your hands up if you think it's waste what's the waste bit is it the fact that they don't put them around their bum no more or the fact that they're putting them over the shoulder does the shoulder thing work or not really nah does the bum thing work yes alright cool so man them you heard that no, no shoulders next 6 9 the rapper 
Put your hands up if you think he's sick, like he's good, he's wavy. Treyway, all that. You lot have just disappointed me, man. Really embarrassed right now. Put your hands up if you think it's a bit waste, like he's, he's a bit waste. A right, round of applause for everyone that said waste. The first guy on our panel today, make some noise for 6 9 no, I'm joking. That guy was like, swear. Um, but yeah, next slide. So this seminar is called Gucci Gang. Um, it's all about how we navigate as Christians or people that want to make positive life decisions in a world that is powered by money and materialism, right? So we're going to play a video right now. Some of you guys may have seen it, um, but check this out. Put your hands up at the back if you can just about see the screen and make out what it says and shows. Cool. All right, let's play this video. Yeah. Oh. If you know the words, feel free to rap along. Gucci gang. Oh. Don't do them dances that everyone's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Gucci gang. Oh. Yeah. Alright, you can stop that now. So put your hands up if you've seen that video before, heard that tune before. Currently on 758 million views on YouTube and... Yeah, man, that's the state of music right now, which is a completely different conversation. Um, but I thought today it might be cool um, to have a panel so that we can discuss how we view money, um, how we view life, what powers our decisions and, and things like that. Um, so the first guy on our panel today is a rapper that played in the Rhythm Factory last night. Who came down to the Rhythm Factory last night? Great stuff. Um, so make some noise and give a round of applause for Melvilus. Uh, so Melvilus, what's going on bro, you good? Is a, a rapper from East London, all the East Londoners make some noise. <laughs> There's like four of us. <laughs> uh, Melvilus has been doing really well. Um, as I said yesterday, um, Fader Magazine has tipped him as one of the ones to watch this year. Um, Stormzy um, tweeted one of your videos and was like, I don't know, what did he say? Sick or something? He just like. put bare fire emojis. Bare fire like, emojis. Sick. Um, phone blew up that day. <laughs> if you didn't come down to hear Melvilus yesterday. Here's a, a short clip of what he does. A freestyle on SBTV. This one's called Legacy, isn't it? Yeah, Legacy, Legacy, Legacy. Mm. Legacy, Legacy. Legacy, Legacy. Legacy, Legacy. Legacy, Legacy. Hey, oh, Legacy, Legacy. Legacy, Legacy. Legacy, legacy. I don't care about no postcode. I am not a satin nav. I don't care about road. I'm not rich, but I might be soon. Till then, if I like it, I wear that loads. Fuck the man, them share with the bros. We celebrate every year, set goals. And I don't mean putting on a vest when I tell the whole gang, prepare for a toast. I'm a calm youth, man, bear my no. I stay out the way, stay clear and low. I was out there trying to tear down shows while you was out there trying to bear back. Whoa, whoa. Let me not hear that though. You live your life, man, I hear that, bro. You got two baby mums, maybe one. Cause you're thinking that April one ain't your son, like, whoa. Let me go back to the days where girls didn't rape, man, cause I had a weird afro. And I wore colorful Air Max, hoping they'd stare back. Now I just wear black. 
know me, then I got to know myself and froze. That's when everything changed up. I lace my boots up All just right, to stand cool. up and toast. I'm at the counties on low. Make some noise, marvelous. Big up, big up, big up. So girls didn't used to rate you because you had a weird afro. Yeah, man. Like, them times was, was a bit stressful for man, but I decided to try and join the wave gang. Like, I'm not fully there yet, but yeah. we're coming in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And I heard you cut your own hair. Is that true? That's facts, yeah. Man. That's, that's the biggest investment. We're talking about money today, which is funny. Um, that is like the biggest life investment that I've ever made, learning to cut my own hair. I don't know if the man in here can relate, but trying to pay... Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve pounds. Sometimes, man, I'm paying for twenty pound haircuts to book it in advance. I was like, my pockets can't handle that. So I decided to learn how to cut my own hair. The first few were dead. I will tell you that now as a disclaimer. Um, but it's a good yeah. investment. Definitely. That's a good investment. But it kind of begs the question: Has your hairline always been where it is now? No, or? I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, yeah. obviously, like in my family, like the hairlines are mad, innit? <laughs> like, if you see my dad's hairline, whoa! <laughs> you let me know because I haven't seen it in a while. It's that bad. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, cool. So I guess my first question to you is, when it comes to, to money, um, what is your vice? What, what takes a lot of your, your money? I know the Bible says, show me where your treasure is and we'll show you where your heart is. Where, where's your heart right now? Man? I'm not going to lie to you. Um, a lot of my money somehow ends up in the account of Deliveroo and um, Uber Eats. Um, just because it's convenient food on the go and I'm usually quite busy like I'm in studio a lot I do a lot of shows and traveling and stuff so sometimes trying to get food like that is reasonably priced is quite difficult um, so I'm not going to lie to you like Deliveroo and Uber Eats is usually where my money goes to sometimes Fair play man yeah. um, Have you heard of like cooking your own food before? Or? Do you know what? Like this I'd say in the last eight months or so I've started to like teach myself how to cook I've been trying to you know be a little bit more adventurous in the kitchen um, that is another lifelong investment that, that I see as as important because you know it's a big money saver and it's good for you as well like when you're cooking your own food you, you get to like decide what actually goes into it like I don't know what goes into some of the foods that we eat and we spend money on so Word. that's definitely something I'm trying right now I'm not perfect but I'm getting there getting there cool man um, so you're a Christian you're not necessarily known as a, a Christian artist or a Christian MC, um, but that's foundational to the music that you make. You're very well known, um, up and coming in the grime scene where a lot of the lyrics are very boastful. They're about money and, and girls and, and cars and, and possessions. What is your approach um, to making music and how do you feel when you're in an environment that puts out all those messages but you're saying something slightly different um i think it sounds so cliche but i just try to be myself like i shouldn't even say try to be myself because being yourself should be the most natural thing in the world i feel like the only trying that we do is trying to be something else because we feel like ourselves is not enough um like i just keep it real 100 in my music i talk about not only my faith but i talk about my struggles i talk about domestic issues that happen in my family I talk about relationships that don't work out I talk about you know things that I, I have in mind like I, I have aspirations and I put that in there as well but I also talk about my insecurities and my fears as well and I feel like I gain a lot of respect for doing that like there's a lot of artists out there that are very like you know like we saw the little pump thing like the whole Gucci gang thing and if you saw that video and maybe four or five others you might think that that's just that's his lifestyle every day 
um, which is very misleading because, you know, not everyone has great days where they're up and they're balling and, you know, everything's litty. Like, so I've gained a lot of respect within the grand world and in that community because I'm just myself. And when people meet me and I'm not rapping in their face, I'm just having a conversation with them. They see I'm the same guy that, you know, that they heard on the track. So I feel like there's a lot of respect to be gained in that. Um, it is difficult, but, you know, it's just one of those things, man. I'd rather be loved and respected for who I am than... Um, I'd rather be hated, in fact, for, for who I am than loved for who I'm not. Yeah, so, that's great yeah. and admirable. And I'm sure that a lot of us here would love to live life like that. I'm sure that a lot of us here know that deep down we can take pride in being ourselves and would rather be hated for who we are than love for who we're not. But in reality, we can find ourselves in some very difficult situations in, in friendship groups um, outside of New Day. Have you ever been in a situation that you felt you could compromise in? It was quite difficult to be yourself in. You knew right from wrong, but it was just really, really hard to do it in that moment. I feel like as, as a musician, like as an artist, it's difficult because you're often in situations where, you know, you're creating music, you're, you're meeting new artists, you're meeting new people and producers and whatnot, and you're in studio sessions. And sometimes someone might kind of, you know, want to lean you to a certain direction of a song or a lyric or whatever. And it'd be like, yo, talk about this or steer it, steer the conversation a little bit this way, because those people over there will love it when you talk about girls and when you talk about money and when you talk about, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, mm, maybe my song would get more views if I did that. Maybe my, you know, my video would do better if it had this person in it, or if it had these kind of things glamorized in it. Um, so there is that, that, you know, kind of thought that crosses your mind when you, you want to succeed as an artist, you want to do well, um, and you, you want to kind of reach as many people as you can. But again, it goes back to like that integrity within me. Like I know I'd rather have three views on a video and, everything that was in that video was my idea. Like that was something that I was happy with. It wasn't something that I had to compromise on. I didn't have to have second thoughts about it. Like one of the, the, the things that like people might not even think too much about this, but for me, it's a big deal. I can play my music to my mum. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I can go back yard and be like, mum, what do you think of this tune? Is it wavy? Like my mum's like, she knows, innit? Like, <laughs> like not, not all mums are like that, innit? Like some mums might be like, what? Can I hear it? Like what, what's... What's happening? What did he say? Legacy? Like, you know what I'm saying? But my, literally, like, I'll come home and my mum's banging my music videos. Like, she's showing her friends. Her friends are showing their kids. And do you know what I mean? Like, my sound kind of spreads that way, which is very unorthodox. But I'm, I love that my story is like that. That I can just be myself. People can listen to it. And you don't have to be in a certain age group or demographic to, to kind of connect with what I do. Yeah. Because I'm completely myself. Or at least I try to be 24 hours a day. That's great, man. And, and that's all good. But for some of us here, for me, you're saying some good stuff, but I can see you're wearing a, a Trap Star t-shirt. You've got some Air Max 97s. How do you enjoy things, buy things that you want to buy, but not make it kind of satisfy you and, and become the be-all and end-all and not wrap your identity up in, in these things? Are we saying let's just kind of not buy anything that everyone else thinks is nice? Do you buy it because you like it? How do you make your decisions when it comes to spending money on things that are quite fashionable and, and sought after? The way I see it is, like, I wear things, they don't wear me, innit? Like, whatever I put on, I've chosen to put it on and I've purchased something because I like it. Usually if, if I feel like something's a little bit pricey 
or something's a little bit, you know, going to hurt my pocket a bit much, I have to think, like, how many times could I buy this right now? Like, if I can't buy something three or four times over, it's, maybe it's not that good of an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not easy to have that thought in your head when you're just browsing through whatever. Like, I didn't really come up rich, in it. Like, I don't really come from a massive privileged background or nothing. So I've always just made do with what I have in it. Like, I have an older brother and an older sister. I had bare hand-me-downs from early. Like, I was literally the hand-me-down guy to the point where my brother would have stuff and then by the time he passes it down to me, it's come back in style, so I'd look wavy anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember, like, I was having, like, Air Max 97. Like, the Air Max 97 just kind of started popping back again in, like, in the last year or so. Like, I had the early, early ones, like, yeah. from 97. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because you're, f- what, 35 now? Like, yeah, something like that. You know, I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> great hair's coming through. No, I'm, I'm still in my mid-20s. Thank you, God. Keep me young forever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I just feel like things should just be nothing more than that, things. That's like, good. They, 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 we shouldn't put too much value on certain stuff. Like, and I definitely don't feel the pressure to keep up with everything else that's happening around me because at the end of the day clothes are clothes innit like when I look at someone like I don't know Mark Zuckerberg who owns Facebook and that or Bill Gates like these dons are not rocking Gucci gang like they're just rocking normal Primark t-shirts meanwhile their bank account's on like 100 billion (laughs) so what you wear doesn't necessarily equate to like your value or your or any of that kind of stuff like it doesn't matter like I I feel like I define what my value is based on what I think about myself. Do you know what I'm saying? And what I think about myself is what God says about me. Mm. Like, and that's something that you have to, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy, mm. you know, place to come to, but it just comes with renewing your mind about these things. Like, like buying expensive stuff is not bad. Mm. I wouldn't say that at all. Do you know what I'm saying? If you can afford to buy it and you think it's nice and you're buying it for you, not the next person who's going to look mm. at you, do your thing. Do yeah. you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like you have to be conscious about what you're investing your money in. Like you said before, like you know where you, what you treasure is like, like what what you invest in is is what you treasure in your heart. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like so, I do have to kind of check myself every now and again about priorities. Sometimes maybe I don't need to back that Uber Eats thing, and I just need to go to Tesco, <laughs> buy some chicken, slice it up, and cook it. And even as I'm saying it right now, it feels so long, but. It's worth it. It's worth it. Trust me. You'll live That's a longer great. life and you'll be more healthy and your bank account will look better too. Great stuff. Give Melvillus a round of applause. <laughs> Next up on our panel, we're going to invite some inspirational twins. Um, so make some noise for the owners of Anna Seven, Susanna and Joanna. She had a cold like two weeks ago, so I don't know if um, I, I'm going to be able to. But I think so. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Cool. So this is Susanna and Joanna from Anna 7. Do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourselves and what Anna 7 is and what you guys do? Um, so we created Anna 7 a few years ago. So we were 20, 19. We are 19 years old and we have a brand, a clothing brand. Well, one of our quotes is that's just in the game. So obviously we were young at that time. So we wanted to inspire people that were our age and a bit younger, you know, to kind of be different and do different things. Because I know that in this world, everyone wants to be the same. Everyone wants to do the same thing. But was that? No, like, especially the fact that we're Christians as well. Like, let's change the game. Let's be different. So that's kind of the brand. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I'm going to ask everyone this question when it comes to spending money. What is your, your advice? 
um with us personally we we were very very stingy like to be honest with you like we grew up in a place where my mom was very like she was very quality not quantity so even with clothes when we were like i don't know maybe 17 16 she never used to buy us clothes so with us and we had really like friends and we had good friends where we would just go to vintage shops like literally charity shops and we'll literally buy clothes for like two pound three pound of our dinner money so that's kind of how we grew up and like in the past couple of years we kind of thought oh wow like obviously we're getting older so let's be a bit more mature kind of and obviously buy good clothes so with clothes we were very very like okay i have to be like diligent with my spending as well we had part-time jobs as well yeah yeah i don't know with spending money um we've actually been quite um good with spending money i don't know maybe it's because the way we were raised but um we never really saw things as um like very like hmm like i need that i want that we've just been very diligent with it and also like we always thought that there was better things to spend the money on so even though i I would say that we were quite diligent with spending money okay and from what i know of the fashion industry there are quite a few fashion ideals i'm not like super clued up but what i get from images that i see on magazines Mm. All the models look a certain way. They're quite slim and you could probably describe them better than me. I don't want to get in trouble or anything like that. Um, but how do you deal with not looking like everyone is supposed to look or not dressing like everyone is supposed to dress in in the fashion industry? Um, I think with the fashion industry, I think it's built on individuality. Like um, when we go fashion week, I think everybody's like, okay, I have to be different even though the world is always like, I have to be the same. So it's more on like, who is rocking this that's not rocking that? Or um, it's kind of like kind of like a fashion show on the streets. Um, I think it's very superficial. The fashion industry is very, very superficial. It's more of who's front row, hashtag throw. And um, literally, and obviously with models and, and stuff like they're very much into not eating eating tissue so that they don't so that they can you know no literally they'll eat tissue because um it will stop them from like their stomach grumbling and so that they can obviously not eat so that they can continue to lose weight so um wow. yeah so what man are, are eating like andrex and that literally <laughs> for real is that yeah it's real it's wow. real there's That's literally incredible. a time when we actually interned and then a girl fainted and we're like wow like this is real yeah but, um, also, I think that with, when it comes to fashion, you know, obviously everyone's got Instagram. You guys probably do have Instagram and you kind of see a lot of um, people wearing designer and stuff like that. Most of the time, because they work really hard, most of the time they're gifted it. So don't think that they've got a lot of money. They're gifted those items as well. Mm. Some people pay for it, but most of them are gifted it. So don't be fooled. They are probably broke like how we are broke <laughs> so um yeah they gifted it so i think that you just kind of run your own race with it some people earn a lot of money some people don't but i think most of the time they work they do work hard in order to get where they are as well but don't feel pressured to get this and that and to be honest it's so funny like a little secret is that in the fashion industry individual individual individuality sells and that's what makes them great i would say mm. um and I've had certain insecurities about myself. Like before I got braces, the gap in my teeth was massive. I still got a gap. That's how massive it was. I got braces and it's still there. Um, Have you guys ever had any insecurities? Um, What would you say to people here that may have insecurities and may not be happy with the way they look? Maybe more tempted to mask how they really look with 
buying certain things and changing things about themselves. What's your, your best piece of advice that you'd, you'd give to, to us? Um, I think when I was um, 17 years old, when me and Joanna were 17 years old, um, we were in church. We were like, we started going to church properly when we were 15 years old and we grew up in the church. So I think there was a lot of people around us that were obviously, you know, at the back of us saying, you know, like, you know, you found worth in God. And obviously at that time I was like, oh yeah, that's good. But you don't know what's going on in my life. So um, I think regarding that, I felt like you had to find yourself like in a place where, okay, fine, like Susanna, who am I really? Like, you know, like, I know we're in a Christian camp. I want to be real, but like, who am I? Like, who do I say that I am? And who does God say I am? So at that time, I would literally be like, what, what, what am I good at? You know, like, and the fact is that we wanted to like be like people that love fashion as well. So we, you know, we're researching, but then we realized that, oh, wow, like God loves us and God loves the fact that we love fashion as well. So we kind of created something within us to be like, okay, let's give that to God. And with that, we kind of sprouted out into doing our own thing and being our own person. And that's what really made us feel like, wow, like, you know, we're doing something for God. That's kind of who we found our worth in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, I, yeah, I definitely was insecure, but I think I kind of put that into something to use for God's glory. It sounds so cliche and it sounds actually really bizarre, but when that moment I was like, oh, like what is happening? Like I was insecure. Like obviously Instagram was back in the day as well. But like when I was 16, 17, I would look on social media, I'd be like, oh God, like this is making me feel so depressed. But then I was like, actually God, like, look, like literally I was like, God, like what can I do? Like, how can I, how can I feel, you know, worth? And obviously God was like, find worth in me. So I think that's what birthed out with Anna Seven. And I used all that strength into a brand. So I put all my strength and everything of my insecurities into the brand and then it inspired others. And that's what our goal is. Yeah. It's great. Um, round of applause for Susanna and Joanna. Um, so I'm going to play a, a short video from our next guest um, and then we'll invite him up. So here it is. There's real danger of thinking that somebody is an overnight success. So in regards to someone becoming an overnight success, as Joanna was saying, it never is overnight. Mm. It's never overnight. So you know, but you don't see the, the hours that they're putting in the gym, or the hours that they're putting in on the training field, or the hours they're putting in creating content, or mm. practicing um, their shows, or mm. the amount of hours they put in the studio. People don't they don't see that stuff. Mm. But you hear the one hit banger, and like it goes crazy. Here's yeah. number one, like wow, overnight successful. No, they've done 17 mixtapes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You feel me? So it's like it's not it's not the case. It's just it's just whatever has been recognised at that time. So uh, let's welcome Ramel Wade to the stage right now. Don't forget, um, we can actually go to the next slide. We're going to be taking a few questions after. So uh, if you want to ask anything, the text number is up there. Um, so Ramel, when it comes to money, what's your advice? What's my advice? Your um, advice. My, my advice. Yeah. I would say to make sure you've got financial goals. I oh, know um, what is your like um what do you spend most of your money on? <laughs> Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um that's a good question, you know. I think it goes everywhere. Mm. I don't really have a maybe a direct place where my money goes. Mm. Um I spend it a lot on my wife if I'm honest. No. See the way it looked over there. Yeah. Sorting her out, make sure she's nice. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, but um yeah, as when I was younger I used to go on a lot of 
um, anything to do with sport. So yeah. like football boots, that was it. Um, games, that kind of thing. Nowadays, I'm a bit more mature with my money, a bit more and intentional. So it kind of spread it evenly. Mm. And what is your relationship with money been from when you was younger to your views on it now? Like, do you feel like you've matured a lot? And if you have, what kind of was the wake up call for you? Um, yeah, I've matured a hell of a lot because it was rubbish. Mm. Before you know it, like I found myself in a, a little bit of debt um, straight after university, and that wasn't university debt; that was just consumer debt. Um, because I think unless you tell your money where to go, your money just goes to whatever's shouting at you the loudest. Do you know what I mean? So before you know it, you spent more than you actually earned. You've used the credit cards that these banks try and sell you as soon as you turn eighteen, mm. um, and before you know it, you find yourself in debt. So, yeah, it's cool, man, and. I don't know, for you, you're a motivational speaker. You put out a lot of engaging content. You try and advise young people. Is it just because you want to be successful at what you do? Is there a purpose behind it? What's the real kind of driving force? Yeah, it's um, basically me and my brother, we were having a conversation in our in my living room. Um, and we were talking about life um, because the way we've been brought up, like our mum has inputted a lot into us, a lot of wisdom. And we were like, oh, the stuff we're talking about, imagine there was a camera just on the wall. I wonder how many people it can inspire. I wonder how many people it could actually like, help. Um, and on the, off the back of that, it was like, yeah, um, let's just make some inspirational content. So as well as doing stuff for my brother, I do stuff by myself as well. Um, but hopefully it just equips people, especially young people, to um, fulfill their God-given potential. Mm. Where did you grow up? Grew up in South East London. South East London. Um, yeah. And... Oh, just like... Is that it? <laughs> and I'm guessing when you were growing up um, around you, you saw a lot of your friends or people in school that were really chasing after like the next thing, like trainers or tracksuits or money or cars or whatever. Um, when did you become a Christian? And what was it like being a Christian in that environment? How do you stand out? How do you make sure you don't get sucked in into chasing what everyone else is chasing? Um, I became a Christian really young age. I can't actually name... Um, that actual time because I grew up in church so I was always in church um, but I would say it's probably in my late teens when I actually started taking my faith seriously um, and as you get older I think the money side of things gets even more intense because people start to earn more money as you get older mm. and the gap gets bigger so when you hit your late teens once you can once you can drive and you've got friends at 17, 18 putting up in Mercedes <laughs> it's a bit mad and yeah. you're driving your little Vauxhall Corsa <laughs> you know so um, but it's easy also to just get caught up in that and just try and keep up with the Joneses, trying to buy things that you can't afford, get things on finance that you can't really afford just to try and keep up. Mm. Um, and so I think staying authentic, staying true to yourself is what what keeps you on the straight and narrow. That's great. And obviously now your identity is in God, but in your life, is there a thing that you would say that you've placed your identity in that was wrong? Um, and how did you deal with that situation? How did you come out of it? Yeah, um, I think at one point I placed my identity in maybe social status. Um, so a couple of years ago, we had... Have any of you guys seen like Sport Bible, Lad Bible, Uni Lad? Yeah, so I had like a football platform that was like them guys there. Mm. Um, and we reached a few hundred thousand followers. Um, started making some decent income from it as well. Um, but because it was based on Facebook, we hit some copyright issues in regards to the content that we were posting. And then Facebook deleted the page off of the platform. 100,000 followers? A few, like three, 400,000. Um, 
so off the back of that, it was a thing of, all right, how are you feeling right now? Right now, I realised that I felt like, terrible because my identity was almost placed in what I had because it's like, oh, I'm a nobody now. I don't own anything of any value. Especially this day and age, everyone's an entrepreneur. So everyone has a business or something that they're doing and you feel like you have to have one too. Um, so in that moment, I felt like I was down. Um, and then that's when I decided to almost bounce back as well and then do the stuff I'm doing now. But I realized that maybe it happened for a reason because yeah. maybe 10 years down the line when I was making crazy money from it, if my identity was really in that, it would become a real problem. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. And I know some of us have the same issues. We tend to wrap our identity up in, in things that we shouldn't. For anyone here that's um, chasing something that they maybe shouldn't, for anyone here that is struggling with completely finding that identity in God, what would your advice be? What would be your, your words of wisdom? How do we kind of navigate this world powered by, by money and materialism? Um, start in the word. So start in the Bible. Um, look at what God says about you. Look at what God says about money. And then you can use that to build out of and to build your life around. Uh, everyone life, everyone's life will look different. So everyone will earn different amount of money depending on what you're called to do. So comparing your life, comparing your bank account with other people is a dangerous game to play because not everyone will have the same income or the same wealth. Um, I believe that we're give, the wealth that we have, if we use it wisely, we can make a, a crazy impact with it. Mm. Um, but some people aren't just aren't given that wealth. Mm. And that's not for always for us to decide. Sometimes God withholds that from us, sometimes gives it to us. And we just have to play with what we've got. But not comparing yourself with other people is the biggest factor. That's great. Um, let's give a round of applause to Ramel. So what we're going to do now is answer um, text questions that have come in for the next kind of five minutes. Um, and then I'll share um, a couple of verses from the Bible and we'll pray. We'll sing a song and then pray um, for anyone that feels like they need prayer on this topic. Anyone that feels like they may have been challenged. Anyone that's kind of fed into the whole materialism in the world a bit too much and anyone that wants to kind of place that identity in God. Um, so anyone can answer these questions. We're just going to open it up. The first question is, would you still do what you do if you didn't get paid for it? <laughs> He's handing it over. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm joking. Um, mm, I, when we first started, obviously... Actually, no, let me not lie. When we first started, it was probably better than how it was now. So obviously, I think with me personally, I think the fact that I'm inspiring people, that's what pushes me to do it a bit more. Like, th there's been times when we didn't get paid, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, we're still, you know, bringing glory to God, but we're also inspiring. And, and you know, these, like, young people as well, like, would come up to you as well. And as long as they're expired, then that's when I, I feel like I've done my job. So I think, yes, I, would, I wouldn't get paid. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, I was doing what I, I do now for a lot of years, not getting paid. Um, in fact, only last year I left um, my actual regular job to pursue music full time. Um, but that was just because I felt like God was leading me in that direction. Um, but I, I'm 26 now and I wrote my first lyric when I was 10 years old. So like there was no money literally I was just a kid in the playground spitting bars to my friends because I enjoyed it and it was fun and it was a form of expression for me um and I felt like that was like really the embodiment of me just being myself and and 
and living the life that God had called me to live. And then as I got to know the God that gave me this gift and this talent, I just began to give it back to him and, and use it in ways that glorified him. Um, and that gave me ultimate fulfillment. So even if a penny never came from, from you know, performing and, 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 you know, selling my songs on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, I'd still be doing it regardless. I might have to do something else to get by in order to live and feed myself and clothe myself, but I'd still be doing music regardless. It's good. Um, the next question is, is it bad to want nice things? No, I don't think so. Um, like, God created beautiful things. So I don't think it's bad to want nice things. Um, maybe it's not great to want nice things just to impress other people. So it's probably the motive behind why you want the nice things. But if you want the nice things because they're nice and you think they're nice, then I don't think there's an issue with that whatsoever. Yeah, I'd agree. I don't think it's bad. I think the only thing that's dangerous is when your identity gets wrapped up in it. So you have to think to yourself, if if these things got taken away, would I still be happy? Would I still be fulfilled? Would I still be satisfied? If the answer is yes, then maybe you're doing the right and your identity isn't wrapped up in it. But if the answer is no, then you may want to check where your your heart's at, you know. Um, and we'll do a couple more questions. Um did you ever feel judged or pressured from your friends with the things that you wear? I definitely did because I was the guy in school that had the, the Deodora and, and all that kind of stuff and the high tech um, and the LA gear. Oh, wow. <laughs> LA gear. Um, I think, um, obviously, a few years, um, bef- when we started like going to shows, like doing a lot of styling stuff, I think we were rookies. So obviously me and Joanna will like rock up, like oh, like, but when after we'll obviously see people in like designer clothes, like we'll still see people that have obviously gone before us, and um, I think that with us we never ever felt so obviously sometimes you'd be like oh wow that's that's quite sick, but I think that we always felt like okay no like what we're wearing is good, but we always did our job at the end of the day. We never thought that of like oh they're wearing this or they're wearing that we always thought okay fine this is who we are this is what we like because i liked i probably looked at the things that i thought that oh they were quite sick but it wasn't really sick it was just like, okay fine they just probably bought it in salvages then they're gonna take it back the next day that's what people do as well to be honest but um i never th- i think oh sorry to speak <laughs> okay <laughs> hold on what was the question again so have you ever felt pressure from your friends? Oh, um, not from friends, but from the society, from Fashion Week when we used to go. So sometimes, yeah, but we always used to do our own thing and that worked as well as well. Um, and one more question. Um, would you say that the more money you have or the more money you get, um, does it create more insecurities? Is it that more money, more problems or, or not really? Is everything great after you, you earn more? Go on then. Um, possibly. Because I think that's why when Jesus um, asked the man in the Bible to, when the guy said, you know, I've done everything, what else can I do? And Jesus says, give up all your wealth um, and come follow me. He couldn't do it. Um, and I think it maybe what is in life, you think about a lot of your prayers, especially as you get older, often we pray for everything that we pray for. Well, the majority of what we pray for is material things, or financial things. Um, and for people that are wealthy or rich, it means that their trust doesn't necessarily have to be in Jesus. Um, and often their trust falls into their wealth. Um, and I think when we have a lot of money, it means that if you have 
you know, you get find yourself in a position where you could possibly lose it, then it feels like you've lost everything. Um, but if you don't have a lot of money, then you've got nothing to lose. So, yeah. Um, I just wanted to add that, um, like the way I see it is I don't think that money is evil. Like people always say, oh, money is the root of all evil. But technically the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. And I feel like money just magnifies what you already are. Like money just kind of highlights the type of person that you were, you know, before you had it. So if you're a generous person, if I transfer a million pounds into your account tomorrow, you're going to go out and you're going to be very generous with that money. If you're a selfish person with five pounds, when that multiplies to five million, you're still going to be a selfish person with that five million. So I feel like, yeah, like there's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with having a lot of money. It's just the heart that is behind it. And, you know, sometimes you know, you might be stressing out thinking, why is, you know, God not turning my situation around? Like I really need some money right now. I really need my finances to change or whatever. Maybe, you know, God is holding back a certain blessing from you because you need to learn how to be faithful in the small things first, you know, and how to be faithful with, with the little that he's given you because, you know, two pounds can, can stretch very, very far. If you really think about it, there's people out there that live in other countries and they live on one pound a day. But over here, we feel like we have to live up to a certain standard, maybe because Tesco's tells us that a meal deal is three pound or whatever. So we, that's our standard of you know what we can survive on. But if you had one pound, you really could actually live on it a day. Um, and I know some people that have done it. It's very difficult, but it is possible. Amazing. Um, so give a round of applause for our panel. Great stuff, guys. Um, so I just want to share a couple of verses for us to think about before we sing a song um, and pray. Um, the first is from Matthew 19, um, and it's verse 21 to 24, and it's Jesus talking to his disciples. And he says, look, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When a young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly, I say to you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, what I'm not telling you to do is go and sell everything you have. Um, but I am um, telling you to think about that verse and what Jesus is saying. I feel like he's saying that we need to be careful about the views that we have on money. I feel like he's saying we need to make sure that money and possessions don't define us. I remember a couple of years ago, me and my wife were chatting and we came across this verse in Proverbs. Um, let me just find it. So that's Proverbs 30. And it says this. Uh, give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and still and so dishonor the name of my God. I wonder how many of us, if told to or if chosen to, would have the bravery to pray that proverb for the Lord to give us just our daily bread, not more than we need, not less than we need. Would we still be content? Um, I'd love for us to, to stand on our feet um, and I said feet, stand on our feet and sing this song. And after we'll pray um, for anyone that may have been struggling with materialism. We'll pray for our identities to solely be wrapped up in Jesus and go from there.